ManaDeprived.com is proud to present Top 8 Magic Podcast with Michael J. Flores and Brian David Marshall. Brought to your ears thanks to FaceToFaceGames.com. Hey everybody, Brian David Marshall here with Magic the Gathering Hall of Famers V. Moshowitz for another episode of Top 8 Magic after really an uneventful couple of days this weekend. Nothing happened in Magic whatsoever. <laughs> I have no idea what possibly could be what we're talking about. Clearly nothing happened. <laughs> um, so, I mean, obviously there was the, the finals of the Players Tour Top 8, which really feels like a little bit of the air from that balloon is let out by the banned and restricted announcements today on Monday that have completely reshaped what standard historic pioneer and even brawl are going to look like. It was a, it was a pretty big news day as far as uh, bannings go. One, one of the, one of the most dramatic that I can remember in, in quite some time. Yeah, it was one of the most unexpected in the sense that we'd already been let down so many times hoping for this particular set of things or something like this particular set of things that when it finally happened, you know, a lot of us were like, oh, wow, okay, great. So let, let's work our way, way up the list. Uh, so Brawl, Teferi Time Ravelers Band, Historic, this is kind of a big a big deal historic wilderness reclamation is suspended and teferi time raveler is suspended so i need to find a new historic deck because i've been i made it to mythic with the teferi tribal deck you and i had been discussing uh, on the last episode and yeah, I have no teferi idea. four is not going to fill the void for teferi time raveler no no you can play one of those and it's fine but teferi three is irreplaceable there might or might not be a way to salvage that kind of deck, but it's gonna you have to be more creative than that. Yeah. Uh, historic saw, is the one saw, format where I'm a little worried they didn't ban as many cards as they needed to. <laughs> well, Muxus, we hardly knew ye. Um, yeah, there's Muxus, this, we're about to know ye a lot better. Yeah, Muxus, I think uh, I think it is very likely that Underworld Breach could get banned in this format. Um, you know, we talked about our wolf ratio on the last episode. I think Underworld Breach was a card I, I thought was was very good. And, you know, it seemed kind of uneventful during its time in standard. But as we're seeing it in these older formats, it, it's certainly uh, having its way with them. Um, Eventually, yeah, Underworld Breach will get banned somewhere. It would be surprising if it didn't. Maybe even today. I, uh, um, it might be relatively soon. It might not. It's hard. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously, it got banned already once. I meant, you know, historic, standard. It's yeah. coming. Yeah, it hasn't know, quite done anything. I, I don't. I. I still have not really seen uh, anything that goes crazy with it in standard. In standard, it seems like it's fine, and it will be fine until it's not. Yeah. And hopefully that will that it will have rotated before it would have been a problem. <laughs> right. But, yeah, the, we'll, the, we'll, the have our fun. we'll accept the Kethis window of brokenness. Like people figure out that it's good about two weeks before it rotates out of the format. 
I mean, that certainly sounds like I could live with that if it came to that, if that's the best we can do, as it were. <laughs> um, if I didn't mention it already, Wilderness Reclamation also suspended a historic, which is um, basically means every other opponent I've played in historic needs to find a new deck. There were a lot of people playing Wilderness Reclamation. That was the deck I hit a lot when I started moving up to Diamond. Yeah. Suddenly, everybody was playing Wilderness Reclamation. Or rather, they were suddenly playing Reclamation, the good version, with the uh, Umogs and actually like doing things that were problems. Yeah, the, the version that plays more like a Tron deck than a uh, Wilderness Reclamation deck. Yeah, the one where Reclamation wasn't necessarily even that good, which is why this suspension scares me. <laughs> like, it's entirely possible that it gets better. Right, I can Would still I... row, I can still Growth Spiral, I can still Explore, all three of which are legal ramp spells in Historic. Um, yeah. Pretty yeah, I don't think that it gets better, but if it did get better, it would be less surprising than you might think, right? right. That's my take, basically. Yeah. So Historic, though, I mean, I think the Teferi is a, bi a big deal. I think the Wilderness Reclamation might be a little bit of a, eh. I think you're right on that. Uh, Pioneer, speaking of eh, Pioneer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a format that has sort of disappeared with the disappearance of Paper Magic, you know, understandably. Um, you know, I think at the, you know, maybe this time last year or whenever last year that both Historic and Pioneer existed at the same time, it was kind of like, ha, 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 Historic. You know, Pioneer is going to be the thing as as Paper Magic players, certainly. You know, it seemed like it was a much more likely thing, a format that was a lot easier to keep track of. Um, but, you know, without any like events to drive it and the ability or the ability to go to a store and, you know, find someone and say, Hey, you want to play, you know, that sort of same thing that really propelled modern where modern became kind of like the, you know, I can always have my deck and it, and it, and it stays fairly consistent through releases. You know, I can bring my modern Merfolk deck to the store and play it. You know, that's what we thought pioneer would be, but it, it has not turned out that way. Pioneer is kind of, I, from what I understand, events don't always fire online, and uh, historic has been been all the rage. But big, big news in Pioneer: Inverter of Truth is banned, Kethis the Hidden Hand is banned, Walking Ballista is banned, and Underworld Breach is banned. So what what is going? Obviously, the Inverter of Truth is the most was like the big deck at the Players Tour events that we saw that were the last events before everything changed in our world. Uh, yeah, it's that, that been a while since any of this mattered, as it were, right? right? Like, it's kind of new, but I'm pretty happy that they decided that that's not what Pioneer should be about. Right. Because they, they basically swept four combo decks off the table here, right? Yeah, they decided, you know what, we're not going to just ban one combo deck so the next combo deck can be next man up. We're <laughs> going to just say no. Right. Right. Walking Ballista is the Heliod combo deck. Underworld Breach is, well, the Underworld Breach deck. Kephas was probably next combo up after 
uh, these three. I didn't. I don't really feel like I saw a lot of Kephas in Pioneer, but I mean, but an Inverter of Truth was was the was the big uh, the big man on campus there. But that yeah, Inverter up... was the was the big one. Yeah. Uh, but it, it'd be a real shame if we banned Inverter and it just became something different. Right. Without much changing. So yeah. I understand. You know, and that's Inverter is one of those cards, right? Because it's a cool card, right? It's like, oh, this is cool. But when when a card like that is playable, it's only playable in some very broken scenario. You know, it never feels like a card like Inverter of Truth is like, hey, this is this is pretty good. This is, you know, this is a nice card. You get a good two for one off of it, right? It's never going to be that. It's always going to be like, oh. This card that was utterly worthless is now uh, broken. So yeah, uh, it's all or nothing. So now it's back to nothing. <laughs> uh, but let, let's talk about standard because standard was. I think people had grown frustrated with the B and R announcements. You alluded to that at the top of the podcast. Um, waiting for. Wilderness Reclamation to join Fires of Invention on the scrap heap of uh, standard history here. And finally, finally, it is banned in standard. What, uh, what, what do you think was the impetus to finally ban Wilderness Reclamation? And while we're at it, we banned Growth Spiral. Teferi Time Raveler also banned. While that may seem like it's in a different deck, not anymore. The last two weekends, <laughs> Teferi's been hanging out with Wilderness Reclamation. And also Cauldron Familiar is banned. So what, what do we make a, a, of this uh, set of cards? We're sick of it. <laughs> we just can't take it anymore. Enough, uncle? Like, just make it stop? That's what it felt like, right? It just felt like we're sick of all of it. We need to move on. We want to let you do something else. And this is how we're going to do that. Right. Uh, and and I think having, what was it, more than 50% of the field playing Wilderness Reclamation at the Players Tour finals? Uh, yes, it was It was the majority of the field. It then overperformed on conversions to day right. two, especially the four-color version. Right. The, 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 the four-color version had a 75% conversion to day two, right? Yeah, I mean, it's possible they sort of woke up in the morning after the top eight was set, relieved they only had four Wilderness Reclamation decks in the top eight, and realized they were relieved there were only four. Right. And then said, you know what? That's probably it. We got to do something. If you look at the article that described what happened, they talk about how at Mythic, the decks are a serious problem, even though outside Mythic they're not. And then at the highest competition level, they're even worse, right? They're just completely dominant. And that seems right to me. These decks are just better. Maybe they're a little harder to play. Maybe they're just something that people don't want to do, but they are where it's at. And so if you don't want to let that continue for the next few months, there's only one option. Right. And the alternative is just to burn the next few months with bad magic, as it were, right? Relatively bad magic when there isn't that many other ways to play. Or you can just acknowledge people have had their fun, it's time to go. And take these right. cards off a few months early. 
So what what is this? I mean, do you think this is enough? Is this, it's you know, for this week? <laughs> because as I said, Historic has to worry about goblins. It has to worry about Kethis. You know, various, underworld, underworld, underworld Breach, Breach and Kethis are both. Uh, I don't. I don't know if they're in the same deck. I think they are. No, no, I don't think they are. No, they're not. Yeah, they're not. But they both they're do similar things. Decks. Yeah. So that's two right. combo decks that you got to worry about. The Goblin deck you have to worry about. I think that the, you know, Crater Hoof, Behemoth Tokens deck is is a, is a really uh, powerful deck that you know might get a little better now. That's also out there. It sort of seems like it's a second level thing to worry about, maybe. Right. In some sense, but it's definitely something to worry about. And and I think I think the the sort of Sultai or I mean, you still have Field of the Dead. So you still just have all these like crazy land ramp decks that you know are, are basically Golos and Field of the Dead, and as you said, Ulamog and. Just doing all this stuff. That deck's not really affected by this. Not even a little. If anything, it just benefits from its opponents being slightly weaker. Huh. Interesting. Is, is one way to look at it. Wow. And we will see. Historic is... Or format... With a lot of very powerful things that has to deal with modern design philosophy and it's going to break a lot until it has basically all the cards that were ever banned banned or we get some sort of happy equilibrium right some combination thereof but field of the dead i played against it a lot i've had four field of ruin in my deck the whole time and it still felt kind of dumb yeah yeah mike mike has been talking with patrick about a uh Field of the Dead mirror deck that uses Gem Palm Polluter to, you know, sort of uh, avoid having to do combat. You know, you and wow, your opponent just both, both make a bunch of zombies, you cycle a Gem Palm Polluter and you kill them. I mean, how often does that how the game goes? Uh, I think I think sideboard tech out of the mirror, it's probably pretty good. I don't know. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't played that deck. I. No, I that's just, just to a lot of colors. Like actually, just gaining control of the situation, like killing their field of the dead, seems like a better initial option. But I don't know. Yeah. That that option does exist, right? You can just play land destruction. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I've I've done a fair amount of field of the field of ruining on field of the deads. I mean, the the big problem for me right now is, you know, not be having to play my uh, shatter the skies at normal speed. I don't like that. Did you see the Zebra's packing Crucible of Worlds? No, I didn't see that. Yeah, we, we're, we're, we're taking this field of ruin to the next level. That's what we have to say. <laughs> I we're would like you to run you out of basics. And then keep, we're going to keep going. Yeah, nice. That's great. That's very funny. So, yeah, no, that was, that's, that's a, a big shake. So, so you're, so, your first reaction on hearing this list of standard bannings was, ooh, I wonder which of my decks are good now. Which has yeah. got to be, a, I think, an encouraging um, reaction in terms of, of like the impact on the format. Exactly what you want to hear, right? You want to hear 
Now I get to play all the cool stuff that I couldn't play before. And now, like, Teferi just kills so many things. Like, if you have a deck that gets Sephara Sky, Sky's Blade into play, well, if they play Teferi and they bounce it, you're just so sad. You can't really do that, as an example. Right. So now you can kind of do that. I think in general, like, watch Mutate, right, without Teferi will be interesting. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm really... Yeah. And just yeah, in general, I mean, like, you don't have to worry about Growth Spiral. You can afford to do other cool things. Does, like, does like the whole fundamental turn of the format, like, tick down a notch without Growth Spiral? Yeah, you sort of don't have to worry... You don't have to worry about, I didn't do something impressive, and it's turn three, and I'm staring down a four drop, and the game is already... My window is already closed. Yeah. Now, there's always going to be the question of is somebody going to bring back Gilded Goose Arboreal Grazer? Now that the coast is somewhat clear slash weaker and just start accelerating into things, and will that someone be me? <laughs> this is such a... So, I was, I was doing a count on, on band cards in Standard right now, and we're at 10. 10 cards. This is not counting companions, which have been kind of like gerrymandered out of the format. You know, they're not banned, but they're also just not played as printed, which is which is really unusual for our, our, an unusual turn of events for, for magic cards. Um, and, and 10 is as many cards as have ever been banned in standard at one time. It's it, it's kind of crazy. I was going through the the history of standard, which was introduced in '95, uh, and the first things that went on any kind of banned and restricted list uh, was balance was restricted in standard. Because one is fine, right? <laughs> <laughs> And then John Finkel would drive up and down the East Coast playing his standard balance deck for in cash games. <laughs> Chasing $1,000 tournaments and, and winning them all. Uh, yeah. Gurn Orb was restricted and then Channel was banned in 95 at the end of the year. Uh, by 96, Mind Twist is banned. So that seems like a good decision. Uh, I black, can get behind this plan. This yeah, decision. black black vice is restricted. Standard land tax is restricted. In, in October of '96, him to Torak and Strip Mine are, are restricted. So this is all uh, May '96. So this is before. This is before the Pro Tour in New York? No, after, right? It's February 96. So it's later later that year. Uh, and then in, in January, all the cards of 97, all the cards in the restricted list are moved to the banned list. There was no more restricted list as of January 97. 
then you really don't get any cards banned in standard until December 1998. Not too long after States, Tolarian Academy and Windfall. More fair and equitable cards available, <laughs> right? That was uh, that was such a. I remember being at states, running states at neutral ground, and basically having two stations set up. One station was buying Tolarian Academies, and the other station was selling Tolarian Academies. <laughs> you didn't want them in the same exact place because that might have been a little bit obvious. Is that what it, it was? It was not not obvious, but uh, yeah, we, we we just like we couldn't keep them. And like the price kept going up, the buy price kept going up. It was probably the most expensive a standard card ever was during that era. You know, I think it was like in the $50 range at one point, which is crazy. You know, there were there were vintage cards that were in that price range. You had to have it. I mean, there was the Pro Tour where a lot of people didn't play the deck because they literally couldn't find the cards from the, deck, from the latest set. Yeah. That really happened. You just didn't have a choice. Like, well, I, I can't play the deck that I'm obviously supposed to be playing here. I, I am struck, by the way, Zvi. I just want to say, as I go through the early banned and restricted list, I feel like your hand... Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a bunch of cards to you now. In March 99, more Urza Saga cards get, get banned. Dream Halls. That's that's you, right? That it's interesting, right? Because I, I definitely showed people the way, but it's not clear to me how much I was involved with Dream Halls in the end. Like this sort of yeah. was a second Dream Halls wave that came okay. from different cards being printed. Okay. So I don't I don't want to take credit where credit isn't due, right? Like it's not fair. <laughs> okay. So Dream Halls, Earthcraft, Fluctuator. This is a card you uh, top eight at a Pro Tour with. Lotus Petal, Recurring Nightmare, and Time Spiral are banned. And then Memory Jar gets added to that list kind of suddenly after that. So mid-March. Right. There was like that was the event where there was wasn't there like a one week window where people could fly to Spain or something and play in a tournament with memory jar. It was Vienna and I'm still pissed about it. <laughs> I, I fly to Vienna to pursue right a master slot. I think it was like I just wanted a few extra points. I was raring to go. I had won a qualifier with recurse survival. OK. In that format. Right. I, I, I had broke in the hold of high tide i had figured out how to do it and yeah this new memory jar card was going to make things a lot harder but i thought i had a handle on things <laughs> and then they announced you know what you want to play memory jar go ahead and play memory jar but if you want to play recurse survival no we're going to ban that right now instantaneously oh so what they did was they got rid of the recursion engine, they, they, they eroded my cards, which is why there was no period before it took effect. They just eroded my cards out from under me. Oh, no. Yeah, it was filthy, filthy, filthy. And I am 
kind of still raw about it, you know, even <laughs> after all these years. It was just, you don't do that to a man. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, this, so this is, this is the, the standard era that ties the modern era for the most cards banned when Mind Over Matter gets banned in June. That's the 10th card in this uh, standard. This is, you know, this was, this is, this is considered combo winter, right? This is considered a pretty dark time in magic history. Uh, signals are like a real shift in card design. Like, what do you, what do you remember from this era besides the rawness of having your cards uh, rotted out from under you? I mean, that's a personal story, right? I don't really think it matters very much. Like, I happen to be one of the handful of people who got hit by that. When yeah. I hit in a really serious way, I had a ticket to Vienna that I paid hundreds of dollars for. But for the most part, what I remember is everybody knew from top to bottom mistakes had been made. This was a royal screw up, right? Things were forked. And they strove to do better. And they hired people and they rethought their philosophy and they banned the cards they had to. And they said, no, we're not going to let this happen again. And they basically succeeded. They turned the ship around, and we didn't have to worry about things like that again for a long time. Yeah, you know, you don't, you don't get any standard. So after, what was it, June of 99, you have no standard bands in 2000. You do have Lynn Civy banned in, in Mass Block Constructed and, and Richard and Port. No bans in 2001 in standard. You know, again, extended legacy, vintage. You know, 2001 is when I think Factor Fiction comes out, right? Around there. But, you know, no, no bans there. 2002, no changes at all. Nothing. 2003, no standard bans. 2004, now we're getting into the Mirrodin era. And the first ban in like, basically five years is Skull Clamp gets banned pretty quickly out of the gates in standard and mirrored and block constructed. And then 2005 is Ravager, Disciple of the Vault, and six artifact lands. So this 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 sets the record for most commons banned in a format for sure, right? Yeah, absolutely. This is certainly the most cards have been banned, like not combo, right? Not just because there was some really dumb combo going on, right? Yeah, I mean this. this yeah, yeah. I mean this. This was just. I mean the disciple of the vault thing was just. It, it was it was pretty it was pretty nutty. In the past, it's always been something got away from them, and they had to ban a lot of cards to make sure it stayed dead. <laughs> Whatever it was, right? It was like this horror movie. It was like Nightmare on Elm Street, Nightmare on Elm Street Two, Nightmare on Elm Street Three. Like, okay, we're done. He's dead. This time, it's more like they're facing the Justice League of various different villains. 
various different problems, and you just had to slice all the way through. Yeah, this we is... had to kill cards from all the cars, from all of the strategies, just because there was sort of this idea of, oh, this one will keep this one in check, which will keep this one in check, which will keep this one in check. So when you start getting rid of them, it just doesn't help as much as you'd like it to. And I mean, now we have Wilderness Reclamation and Grove Spiral both banned, yeah. which I'm pleasantly surprised by, because why take risks? Like you'd think that, well, without Grove Spiral, is Wilderness Reclamation that scary anymore? It's a valid question, right? The, the draws without Grove Spiral are so much worse. So if you take away what is arguably their best card, you know, were they that far ahead? You now still have to worry about them? And the answer is, if you take away Teferi, maybe you do. So let's just not take any chances. So I'm all for not taking any chances. Yeah. And then we, we get to 2017, 2018, which is like the Kaladesh era. And we, and, you know, Kaladesh and like, I think Rivals or, or the start of Ixalan. And we end up with nine cards banned during that period. So not too long ago, you know, and, uh, and then things get, things go crazy. Oh, wait a minute. Do we have actually... Am I low on my count on cards? It might be... A, is it 11 cards in standard? I'm counting on the Protor Restorian here. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking. I think I missed Field of the Dead in my count. Let me just check. Well, Field of the Dead... Oh, no, no, no. I, I'm, I'm correct. I'm correct. I have it. I have okay. it in my list. Yeah, it's ten. I just, I just had Field of the Dead wasn't even in my my brain space when I was going through it. But I, I had, there's a there's a standard list on on the Wizards page of banned cards that has everything. So it's it's ten, which is which is just crazy. But I mean that's you know basically this is like there have been three. Four, what, four times where nine or ten cards have been banned? Yeah, that seems to be about where the limit has been. Yeah. That seems to so, be enough. Yeah, this and is the second... another example of, you know, energy was just not well balanced. Right? Like, they just did not understand the power of energy. And so a lot of energy cards had to end up going. It's it's so fun. Yeah, it's it's like basically nine, nine, ten, ten are the four big like banning cycles. And then in 2011, two cards get banned, which is Jace the Mind Sculptor and uh, Stoneforge uh, Stoneforge Mystic, which seem almost quaint now to be banned. Really? Because I, I don't think that. Chase the Mind Sculptor will ever feel quaint to me. <laughs> it's still owning people in Cube and Vintage all the time. It, it's... I get it. I, right? I, it was a very, very good card. And certainly Stoneforge Mystic doesn't feel quaint at all to me. Like, being able to get Batter Skull with that thing is not a reasonable sure. way of doing business. Yeah, Even getting a sword. Is oh, speaking dumb. of speaking of swords and batter skulls, this has got to be a huge win for Embercleave. 
it certainly would feel that way. Uh, cards that it wasn't playing that are very good went away. The flip side of that is these weren't particularly the cards that you were afraid of. No, but I Teferi made it a little difficult to to cleave reliable, reliably. He did, but he also wasn't the easiest card to keep alive against decks that were playing cleave. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> so you definitely could try to make that your anti-cleave plan. It didn't usually work. And eventually you got to six. Right. So will cleave get better? It certainly feels like it opened itself up as, as a new option, and I'm certainly going to look at things to do with a cleave. I also have other five drops I'm still very interested in that are suddenly more available. I think it's time for Luca to make a comeback, don't you? Oh, yes. I mean, so you, 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 Luca was your number one coming out of that, coming out of that set review, right? Like you, you thought that was the, the, the most powerful card in the set. And it was briefly part of standards universally agree upon best deck right where you right, were before, but that's when it was getting the band card agent of treachery what, what would you be what would you be doing now with this so i have a bunch of different plans for what i can get to try and see what we can do um so plan one is something i've had for a while but that i realized just couldn't compete in the old world and that is to play it in a flying deck the traditional, like, splashing for Luka, although Luka and Obosh, actually, because it turns out that maybe the two drops aren't that important to the deck. And this deck gets Safara. It gets which, which card? Safara, Sky's Blade. Okay. So 7-7, seven, seven, Flying Lifelink, other creatures you control with Flying have Indestructible. Oh, I forgot about that card. Yeah, so the idea is, both you can cast it, because you have a bunch of flyers, and you can loop it into it. And the unique thing here is that the cards you sacrifice cost three. You're not sacrificing tokens. Right. You're sacrificing a Sea Dasher Octopus, a Brazen Borrower, a Hanged Executioner, or an Empyrean Eagle. Hmm. But that leaves you with a lot of ways to do it. And the other thing is, we've been playing Luca, where it only has one ability. Right? The other ability is literally press one, exile your top three cards. Right. So you, you could you play Luca so you actually just get to find a bunch of extra material to deploy to the board. Luca's plus one is no joke in a creature deck. Right? right. It's late game where you're it, it almost can be very close to draw three cards. Like looking at the list I have right now, there's three spells three wind worms and that's it right every other card in the main deck is a, is a creature or a land so you're going to hit an average more than one creature you can now cast so even if there's no good sacrifice target right like you try to play control or something i start plusing plusing is great nothing's wrong with plusing right and the other similar thing i had in mind was to go gruel and in Gruel, you can use creatures to accelerate to it. You're sacrificing cards that cost two. And now you're going for four runners. Sure. 
and trying to end the game on the spot, obviously. And it's one of those things where if you get a forerunners with that Teferi in the format, it's a lot less more scary for your opponent to try and come up with some sort of answer, obviously. And I, the key I mean, is that's, you that's have that's to have your third end on two. But there are plenty of good two drops that you can use to accelerate to five. And that, and that deck seems like it's also going to be able to use the plus one reasonably well. Yeah, I think you use the plus one reasonably well. You can also play Hydra. Like you can play Hydras, right? They have an X in their cost, so when they're sacrificed, they cost two. They don't, you, you don't hit them when you, sac- when you run for your deck. Hmm. You can use uh, Paradise Druids and Incubation Druids on two. Yeah. I mean, Paradise Druid's great because... If you've played with the Luka deck at all, you know that the minus two can be essentially fizzled if you kill the creature that's targeted with the ability. Right? right. Exile the target creature you control. So, like, Paradise if you have a shock, you can hit their token. Um, but yeah. but with Paradise Druid, they can't do that. So that's kind of cool. Right. And then if you have a bunch of X spells in your deck and a whole bunch of meta, if you get Luka out quickly, well, you can just start casting Hydras. Mm. Right. If if you don't have a way to sacrifice something happens, maybe you got it out using your one drops instead of your two drops. Very unfortunate. I don't know how that happened to me. So sad. <laughs> but you know, play it as a as a rule or tremor strategy. Probably tremor, so you can get uh, hydroid crisis. Oh sure. Right. And this is this is the 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 ramp deck that didn't play Grove Spiral already because Grove Spiral is not a creature, and <laughs> you wanted your creature you wanted to have creatures in play. I want to play this deck. This deck sounds fun. Yeah, so this is the kind of just the world is open again. And I absolutely want to play. I have the flying deck built first, both the Obosh version and the non and the straightforward, not Obosh, not Luka, not Red. You are just going to die in the air version. Mm. Which again feels like a deck that like, yeah. It just wasn't good enough before because nothing was good enough, but, you know, it was like a reasonable thing. Like, I've, I've faced off against that deck in historic multiple times. I mean, Watcher of the Spheres is definitely a nice little boost to what you're up to. So. Yeah, I like the Luka deck a lot. That sounds like fun. Yeah, no, there's a lot to like in various places. So, and and you also don't, you know, you don't have to make that decision like, oh, are they are they gonna shatter at instant speed here, or are they bluffing? You can just take your turn and get your hit in. You know, that's nice with Teferi gone, because you know, I, I've, you know, there's definitely a fair amount of like, ah, oh, you probably shouldn't attack me. Without you know, play your big thing and attack me with everything because I have all this mana open and it's clearly a, a shot of the sky. Why else would I have plus the fairy here? So that's interesting. That's I, I like that deck a lot. Yeah, there's a lot to explore. It's just before you try to do these things, you're up against Tamarak. You're up against Teferi, and you realize you are just playing the wrong format. Right, you are just way behind from the beginning. These things are so much more powerful than what you're doing. 
And now they're gone. And also, the stupid cat oven thing is gone. Oh, yeah. I, I got to tell you, it's so funny. For, for all the, you know, moaning people have done about wilderness reclamation, people seem, you know, they're like, oh, good, it's gone. But the thing that I, the, the, the exultant tweets that I saw were about Cauldron's Familiar. People just hate playing against that deck. People don't even especially like playing with that deck. Right? It's, it's, it's just such an exercise in clicking and tedium. And, you know, it, it's just, uh, I, I think a deck people were ready to see go away. E even if yeah. it wasn't always the, the best deck. Now, do you think if it ha if they hadn't made a ban from that, is it just the best deck in this new in this no. new metagame? So I I don't think it's just the best deck. It definitely has weaknesses. It can definitely be beaten, but it is the most annoying deck and has been for a long time. I think what people are realizing is just Ding Dong the Witch's Oven is <laughs> no longer going to be doing that. I don't have to sit here and waste my life watching somebody click on their cat, and then their oven, and then their cat, and then their oven, every single turn. It's over. Like, they might play a sacrifice deck. It might be good. It might be tier one. It might be the best deck, even. But it won't be doing the cat thing anymore. Hmm. Right? It'll be forced to do things that are clean, honest magic that we can have fun with again. And people are just sick of it. And I think this is something to keep in mind. If the world is better off without a car, Maybe get rid of it. <laughs> right? Even if you don't have to get rid of that card. Even if there wasn't going to be some giant disaster if this card went away. Didn't go away. The giant disaster is just, we've had enough. Like, this deck was great fun while we were figuring it out. It was really cool for the first few weeks. And then it slowly got less and less cool. Like, not that it didn't change, not that we didn't learn things, not that the games weren't interesting, but once you've played the deck and you've played against the deck, the last thing you want to do is play another one of these games of Trail of Crumbs with a cat oven. It just doesn't feel good. Right. Even when you beat it, it's just... Ugh. You know, I'm so sick of it. And so now we come back to a world with uh, some fairly straightforward winners that survive, and they get to battle it out. I'm very bullish on green in the new world, certainly, in some ways. Like, it was a very good deck. A lot of its opponents got worse. It was good against Timurek, but the good version, the version of green that was being played wasn't that great against Timurek, right? Only the gingerbread version was good against Timurak. And so this Primal Might deck, which is the better deck against the general field, now doesn't have to worry about Timurak anymore. And also doesn't have to worry about Teferi. And doesn't have to worry even more than that about Cauldron Familiar, which is actually a problem. So that deck will definitely be a player in the new world. Now, I know a card that you liked in Throne of Eldraine or you saw, you know, not a not a card you, not a wolf, not a card you even called out as a wolf, but a card you thought was was pretty good, was Lockmere Serpent, and a card that's a card we just haven't seen at all, right? 
you, do you think that, you know, in a post-Teferi world that the control decks go in a direction of, of needing, like, a big finisher like that? I was playing it two hours ago. <laughs> and I, I, I took out my old Avengers Gargoyle deck. Oh, okay. For a spin. Okay. And it's got uh, some interesting stuff going on. But it's definitely, you know, it needs a little work in some ways. Definitely needs a little work. But I'm, I'm excited. Uh, the interesting thing there, more than anything, I'd say, is... Is Uro still a thing? Because Uro creates a problem for certain... If you remove Uro, obviously, if you time it right, right you have to be careful because you have to remove five cards and Uro can escape for five cards. Right. But what you really want to do with Serpent is actively fill up their graveyard. Uh-huh. Right. To make Serpent great. And doing that may or may not be deadly right now. Right? How many people can still play Uro? Because Uro with that rope spiral is a lot weaker. It's still an amazing card. I'm sure we'll see it, but we should see it a lot less. Right. And so the question becomes can you afford to do that if you can't, or maybe that's just me because that's the deck that I ran Serpent in. But certainly Serpent is a great card and it wouldn't shock me if people started playing it. But it's sort of not one of those cards that necessarily is that excited by the particular cards that left, right? It could get around Cat to the extent that it mattered. It didn't really care about Warner's Reclamation. It's an instant speed creature that can just like play reasonably well against that sort of strategy or in that sort of strategy, but that's the fifth color. So it never happened. And so on. So it's definitely a card to think about. It's not going to be enemy number one or anything anytime soon. Right. Yeah, I just I'm just so excited to to make magic fun again. Just to at least have an excuse to play a bunch of stuff. Right. To explore these cards from M twenty one that I never got a chance to to try because I realized quickly, yeah, none of the things I would do with this matter because there's legacy cards that are just too good. Right. Well we we talked about that, right? Like M twenty one feels like it's Position to be a little a little less impactful than like Throne of Eldraine was, right? Throne of Eldraine had like a, a deep bench of bannable cards. Uh, but but M21 seemed like it was maybe like, hey guys, let's dial this back a little bit. So and there's uh, no question it was dial this back a bit. Yeah. Right? That that was clearly the, the central theme. The Great Henge is another card that we, we haven't seen a bunch of. Uh, people, I mean, obviously people always try it, but it seems like a very powerful card that's maybe maybe gets a window if the format's slowing down a little bit. It's a possibility. We've seen a bit of it. I've played a bit of it. It's been played in some of the big green, some of the green decks or have been playing it recently. Yeah. How about this one? All that glitters. Well, I gotta tell you, uh, people in the, you know, lower ranks of, of, uh, the lower levels of ranked are going to be super happy if all the glitters is good now because they've certainly been playing the heck out of it all year. Well, it's, it's obviously vastly better, right? Because the problem with all that glitters was they played a fairy and they bounced the creature and then right. good good game, basically. Right. Yeah, yeah. Whereas now, fairy's gone. Right. You still have to worry about Brazen Borrower. 
but that's a little less uh, less common, and and a couple of other things. But yeah, yeah, that yeah. That's, so uh, I, I don't have a plan particularly for all that glitters yet, as such. But it's definitely a card I'm interested in trying to make work. Now that we have a world in which it might, I might. I might finally look at like what people were doing before to see if it made any sense. Because before I just looked at it, and I, no, no, there's no way. I played against it in the first arena open, and I was convinced I was putting it at the joke deck until people started naming it over and over again. And I realized it was real. <laughs> it's like there's no way this is any good, right? This is just this is insane. This is not good. never know. Sometimes it turns out okay. Yeah, another card that... Now I'm that... Like, artifacts, trying to find out, like, how to cheat more of them into play than you expected in various ways, and so on. Yeah. Uh, Tamiyo, Collector of Tales, is another card that... I mean, obviously, you've seen plenty of play. But, uh... Curious, curious to see what it does without the Wilderness Reclamation engines around it. You know, if we were picking planeswalkers to have won, how about how about Mu Yang Lin? That is that was another card. That was a card you had in your uh, in in your blue red deck for a little while, right? Early on in this uh, standard format. Yeah, my Tamur. Um, yeah. And the great thing about Mu is before you played Mu, and then you might have freed Mu, and then you might have freed Teferi, and you didn't have a four four flyer anymore. And you were sad. Right? You couldn't beat Teferi in a fight, particularly. And only did the one thing, which is create a 4 4 flyer, right? The three mana 4 4 for turns delay and the bonus. But now, but now, there's nothing to bounce it. Interesting. Suddenly, I'm a lot more excited. I don't know about you. What set was that from? That was from M20. So we don't have that long. Might as well get gotta get going. Get right on that. So you, you think that you think that's a, a card to keep an eye on and, and find a home for? I think absolutely. I think that playing turn two move certainly is a very exciting thing to think about doing. If your mana can support that. Like before. There was a very easy way out of that, basically, right? Could you just use Teferi? Now that 4-4, four, four, there's no way, except Brazen Borrower, to just make that thing go away without legitimately removing it. Right. If they're legitimately killing the 4-4, four, four, Moon did her job. Interesting. Yeah. I'm not saying I know a way to make Moon's mana work in the decks that I want to put something in, but... Definitely a card I'm a lot more interested in than I was yesterday. They're just it's the thing is there's so many cards out there that we just knew weren't good enough because we could do better. And now we can't do better as obviously as we used to be able to. And now maybe we're interested. I think that would be sort of the central theme, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I know I'm going to probably uh, fire up uh, your 
your your green red Luca list at some point. I'm uh, excited. Yeah, for that. we'll see if they end up having blue or not. I yeah. Be determined. Yeah. Um, hopefully, hopefully, if uh, some decks, if you have some decks, we can include them in the show notes for this um, for people to try out. Yeah, I mean, it's I, super early, obviously. Like they'll be yeah. really raw, but that's to be yeah. expected. Yeah. Like let's build it now, right? I, I don't have it built right now, so. First of all, for a Luca. Second of all, <laughs> that's not enough five drops in these weeks already. So let's type four Nisses. What do you say? Oh, that sounds great. All right. And that lets us cast our four runners, right? That's kind of the part of the point. Yeah. So three four runners, because we don't actually need four, right? That's a little bit much, I would assume. I mean, maybe we end up with four, but let's not assume. Yeah. So, one, of the thing, one of the things I've really loved from the modern list, I mean, the historic lists that had uh, Crater Hoof is Fire Prophecy to get rid of um, cards like Forerunners that you draw early that you don't want, especially cards that you want back in your deck where you can search them out. Ah, interesting. Uh, it's been, it was really, really good in Historic in, in that tokens list. In fact, multiple times I even fire prophesied my own token, you know, against a, a deck with no targets just so I could uh, shuffle one of two crater hoofs back in. Right, because you don't have a choice. You have to do yeah. something. Yeah. So that's, that's a card to keep an eye on for a deck like this if you're going to shave numbers at all. Okay. Um, first draft's almost ready. So, <laughs> how many two mana acceleration creatures do we want? Just eight, or do we want nine? <laughs> <laughs> You've softened in your old age, man. You would normally be like ten. Uh, no, no, no. These are two mana acceleration. Oh, these are the creatures. two mana accelerants. I'm sorry. I only have the eight one mana acceleration creatures, so they won't give me any more of them. <laughs> I'm allowed to have more of those. Uh, I think eight's probably fine then. Yeah, I think eight's probably fine too. Okay, so so the, the trick here is that you really, unless you're in desperate emergency case of emergency break glass mode, is you always want to sack a two, right? Yeah, the whole idea is that like you can sack, you want to be sacking a two. That's the whole goal. Right. So in, in that case, you might want you might want the ninth. Yeah, I think so. so. The question is, which one is the best last one? I think it's true to the cow. Sure. Um, let's just take a look to make sure it's. Uh, you could just play a scavenging news or something. It's not crazy, but. Oh yeah, I mean scavenging news is. Or a wildborn preserver because we have infinite mana and tons of creatures. Like we got choices. We just kind of want an extra two drop. But, uh, yeah, we probably just want mana. That's, uh, old reliable, as it were. Oh, Druid of the Cow's gone. All right, that's, uh, the shame. So... I like the Wildborn Preserver a lot. Yeah, I'm not... Hmm. Not really feeling it right now. I think we do want to. We do want something that provides mana. Um, the more I think about it, 
We don't draw cards. We don't want Joriel. Um. So which ones do you have in there so far? So right now, Paradise Fruit Incubation Druid are the two that are just really obviously good. Right. What about the what about the the Elementals one? Yeah, we're new off Leafkin Druid. I think that's right. Yeah. Um, do we want just nine or do we want ten? <laughs> Nine's probably enough. Alright, so now we gotta fix the mana. Oh, we might want 25th land instead of this. Actually, we just want 25 lands, I think. That's probably better. Um, so... So is this like a full 40-plus mana source stack? Uh, let's see. I mean, do you count Grazer? I, th I think you count Grazer. All right. In that case, 25 plus 16 is 41... 41 unless you count Missy who shapes the world. <laughs> right? Which kind of counts, right? For mana. So let's see. 12 dual ends because obviously. So. I mean, we've got all those uh, rare wild cards back. You know, we got to use them somewhere. No, that's covered. That's covered. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Give me that. Um. All right, so what's our mana situation these days beyond Triomes and Breeding Pool? Triomes and what? Triomes and Dual Lands. I mean, we don't actually... We're probably overkilling it on blue. It's not even obvious we need... Uh, like, blue is just Hydroid Crisis. It's not obvious. And we have Incubation Druid and Paradise Druid and Gilded Goose. So we already have 12 ways to cast four Hydroid Crisis. So, like, presumably, like, 15 mana... You know, having 11 mana sources on top of that from the lands is plenty. So, um, the question is, what are our lands? That is the question. Um, all right. So clearly we have the dual lands. We don't want too many tap lands because we want to play a one drop on turn one. It needs to be green. So red is literally just Luca, by the way. Like, <laughs> the only red card in this deck is Luca. The only blue card in this deck is Hydroid Crisis. Like, the deck is otherwise purely green. So we have a certain amount of flexibility because, again, we can cast it off a of Paradise Druid, we can cast it off of Incubation. I mean, Incubation Druid only works if you already have one, but it gets you the second one, so it's probably fine. Uh, Gilded Goose can help, etc. You kind of only need to red once. So is it enough if we have 11 red sources for just Luca? I think it is. 11 plus Paradise Druid is 15, plus Gilded Goose is 19. Oh, okay. Right. Should be fine, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. So that leaves us... So then... Uh, we probably want Castle Garenbrig. Because, of course, we do. Maybe two copies. So then we have 16 first turn green. Is that... We want 15 and three triumphs? No, we don't. That's fine. Um, all right, so here it is. Four Arboreal Grazer, four Gilded Goose, four Incubation Druid, four Paradise Druid, four Luca Coppercoat Outcast, four Nissi Who Shakes the World, three Enemies, four Runners, four Voracious Hydra, four Hydroid Crisis, two Castle Garen Brig, eight Forests, four Steam Vents, four Stomping Grounds, four Breeding Pools, three Ketria Triumphs. Um, the downside of Castle Garen Brig is it's not a forest, also, so mm -hmm. it doesn't work with Nissa. Right. 
the question is, is it actually better off? Is it actually better than a forest, given that we have four Nisses? But given we only have six lands that aren't forests, even so, pretty sure that if we actually untap with Nissa, we should be fine most right. of the time. And we actually do want to cast an made Forerunner, so we want to make sure to have a castle. So two castles is probably right. Okay. All right, sideboard. New board. We can't have any creatures that cost more than two. <laughs> we can't play our traditional Bone Crusher Giants with the first card in this kind of build. And right. so on. We have to find something else that's good. Um, so, let's see. This is, a rare, this is a rare glimpse into how we build decks around here. Um, <laughs> how do you feel about the, the Hydra that eats things? That either doubles counters or... You mean Voracious Hydra? We're in. It's in. Four copies. In already? Yeah, it's already okay. in. Okay. All right, so, first of all, Mystical Dispute seems it's like it's obvious. Sure. We have that kind of blue. Might as well do that. Uh, in general, like, I'd like to be strong against uh, people who try to sweep my cards away. That would be good. Um, I'd also like to be able to deal with Winona. Aethergust is probably also just a good card. Yeah. These are blue. Um, don't overthink it. Do we have any other... Do we actually want removal is one question, right? Like, would removal do us any good? So, like, removal either has to kill Winona instantly or just generally be really strong. We don't have access to block. We can't do mass removal because we want our creatures to live. We don't really want to weaken the deck. We don't want to uh, weaken the deck out, thin the deck out too much. Uh... Fire Prophecy does seem like it's a reasonable thing to think about, maybe, as a first yeah. try. How do you feel about the three-mana one that uh, deals five to a creature or a Planeswalker? It's a lot of mana. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of mana. Um... Hmm. I'm just looking through cards at this point, basically. Like, the fact that you can't play any other big creatures or options is a problem, but that seems fine. Is it a throw on a frenzy deck, potentially, after board? It just, has, <laughs> just plays all the mana in the world. What the hell? Probably not. Oh. It generally doesn't work out for these things. It's one, one trick too many. I've been fooled before. Soulseer was the card I was thinking about, by the way. Yeah. So. Probably Chandra 6. Just on the principle of, like, people might try to play counters again after Teferi's gone. And oh, we accelerate. Sure. We can't play. And we want to accelerate into big things, but we can't play the big things we want. Right. I mean, it does kill a lot. You know, we minus three, it kills a bunch of stuff. We don't have to minus three if we don't want to. That's entirely optional. So. We just want to get a first try, right? Like, we'll yeah. see pretty quickly what we actually wanted. Negate. Oh, just negate. Sure, negate's great. All right. So, like, three Aethergusts, two negates, three Fire Prophecies, four Mystical Disputes, three Chandras. Seems fine. And we call this... Um, you know, green Luca. 
It's a cool little deck. I like it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to play it today. <laughs> I'm going to try it out. Um, have you have you done the what, what's what do you need? So what have you generally found you need to win with that deck in terms of the forerunners? Like how much material do you need to have to the board? None, right? Like it's a seven seven vigilance trample haste. That's generally enough to beat a deck. <laughs> I mean, so you, this, might... you don't have to follow the crater hoof plan of kill them this turn with this thing. Well, keep in mind if you play Luca, sacrifice your only creature, right? Worst case scenario. Play the 7-7. Seven, seven. Attack them for 7. Plus 2. So, and then they go to 13. You've got a Enmaze 4 runners, and you've got a Luka on 3. Which is then going to plus. Right. Right? Like, I mean, don't overthink. Right. Right? It's fine. It's going to plus. So. I'm, yeah, I'm pretty... Excited. Let's start a match, but while well, we keep talking, but uh, <laughs> there's just there's so many other things like this that I want to try, right? Just cool, cool stuff that I now obviously it's very possible that a week from now I'll be like, no, we know what we know what the best decks are now, and they're still very good, and none of this is real. But I have hope. I have plenty of hope. What is so so? So we talked about this at the beginning. Ten is the record, right? Ten is the most cards that have been banned during any one kind of standard. If there's a card that's going to break the record for this standard, what do you think it is? What is the most likely, or what are the three most likely culprits to be the next card up? That's a great question. So, so if something is still stupid, <laughs> right? What is it? Um, hmm. I think Nissa remains. Nissa shakes the world is definitely like people still people have not forgotten, right? It's still something that people are concerned about, right? O often a card that's in proximity to other cards that have been banned. <laughs> yes, that is a very fair statement. <laughs> you know, and she's just like pointing. She's like, no, it wasn't me. It was it was this over here. I'm fine. Actually, it was it was you. <laughs> I have some news. It was you. Yeah. I mean, certainly has been a card in discussion, right? Like people when they've talked about what to ban, and and you know on on various you know discussions about it. You know, this has certainly come up multiple times. Oh sure. Yeah. I, I think Luca is certainly a card that, you know, if if it does continue to do well in historic and standard and, you know, just continues to, you know, provides this kind of like repetitive play experience that's not a ton of fun where suddenly you're just getting, you know, pummeled by something that looks like a crater hoof or a forerunners every time. Uh, yeah, Luca's a very Luka, good choice, I think. I, I think Luca is certainly in, in the discussion. And, uh, I, I mean, I think Embercleave is a real long shot. I don't think... Ember Embercleave kind of, like, you lose three games in a row to Embercleave, it just kind of feels bad, but... Yeah. I don't, I don't think... I, I think you feel like you maybe could have done something different somewhere along the way to stop it. Yeah, I think you definitely could have done something along the way to stop it. 
that seems very fair. So, can't argue with that. Um, I like that you're still playing Arboreal Grazer, by the way. Right, like all these, like Arboreal Grazer is just like also another card that's just kind of been ban adjacent, you know, to, to, to multiple different cards over, over the over the last uh, year or so. Yeah, but you know, is Sounds right. is is just like you know, obviously, obviously not not an eligible uh, bannable card. No, obviously not. But you know, that's kind of great. Yeah, I mean, my opponent was no fun. He played um, a bunch of red creatures. Also, he's he's, he's playing the first turn attack into your Gilded Goose after, like, with no mana on top. It's, like, actual safe block. Like, come on. <laughs> like, it's one thing to bluff with mana up. Like, I'm actually going to take it this turn. But, like, come on, man. Not on turn one. So what, what in an opening hand would that deck look like? So, opening hand looks like like one drop, two drop, you know, a Gilded Goose, Incubation Druid, Land Land, Voracious Hydra, and Mace Four Murders, Luka Luka was this game. Okay. And so, unfortunately, he killed the Incubation Druid, so now I need to draw. All right. He draw land here. So I, I, the problem is I didn't have land four on turn four to do it, or I would have right. been able to do it. Yeah, I, I've been really impressed in historic with Legion's Landing as a uh, as a card that sort of helps your token strategy, but also just getting you to that crucial fourth and fifth land you need for your polymorph effects. That card's great. Okay, he's going from right up the stage. Don't hit removal. Okay, <laughs> just a bunch of creatures. Not that that's great for me, but, yeah, should be fine. Should be fine. My land would be nice. Ugh. Wait, do I not have it? Oh, that's right. None of my lands produce red, so I can't use the incubation to produce red, so I lose. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, all right. I, I, I was a little stingy with the red sources, I will admit, but... Yeah. All right, well, we'll see. You'll, you'll go back, you'll go back, uh, put it back up on the left, tinker around a little bit. We'll see what happens. I will course, definitely... There's no, like, yeah, there's, no, there's no rush here. Yeah, we'll I will definitely include that list in, in the show notes, though. Um... In in some form or another, um, but uh, all right. Well, this is this is a, a an interesting quick take on the bannings. A little bit of a historic walkthrough on standard bannings, and uh, get a little bit of insight into Zvi's deck building process here as he attacks this new standard format. So yeah, uh, yeah let us know. By the way, feel free. You know, at the Zvi on Twitter. I'm at Topic Games. At, at Topic Games on Twitter. Let us know what you're playing in this new standard. Also, I need a historic deck, so hit me up with your historic builds. I'm, I'm looking for something good. Uh, I, I am a, I'm a refugee of tribal Teferi here, 
but uh, doesn't have to be, you know, I'll play anything. So yeah. give me, give me some good, give me some good lists. I'm looking for them. Um, but uh, this has been another episode of Top 8 Magic. Brian David Marshall, Magic Hall of Famer, Zuri Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you soon. All right. Bye.